Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Pam McNutt, CIO at Methodist Health System. In this segment, we talk about the decision her team made years ago to do a Big Bang Epic implementation and why she still stands by it, the formula they used to determine how much support was needed, and why she believes it's critical to stay as close as possible to the foundational EHR system. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. As far as the organization itself, just for a quick rundown, what do you have in terms of hospitals and what type of population do you serve? We're in a metroplex, so we have two campuses that are in the urban setting and then two campuses that are in the suburban setting. We also have three joint-ventured, physician-owned hospitals that are also in the suburban setting. And then we have numerous physician clinics across the Metroplex, as well as a um, teaching clinic in downtown Dallas. Okay. And has, has the organization experienced pretty steady growth over the years, or was there a period in particular where it really seemed to grow quickly? Um, I think maybe 10 years ago we were focusing a lot on hospital growth. Mm-hmm. And we are, in fact, building another hospital right now, a, a smaller one down south of Dallas. So we did a lot of, of hospital-based growth, like I said, about 10 years ago. And the last few years, we've been very focused on physician practice growth. In other words, employing physicians. Okay. And now in terms of uh, the electronic record, the hospitals are all on Epic Point, right? Hospitals and clinics. Everybody's on a unified okay. record. Okay, which of course I imagine was one of the motivations in employing physicians was having the integrated record. Well, no, we are employing physicians really for different reasons, but that is the main reason we chose an integrated record because we felt like we needed to have the enterprise on the same platform. Right, right. Okay. And so it's been a couple years since the go live and One of the things I wanted to talk about, especially since we speak with a lot of CIOs whose organizations are either migrating to a system or really just trying to get to that integrated record, and your team, you did a Big Bang Go Live. What would you say were the keys to to being able to do that and to accomplish it on time? Well, there were three things per your question about some challenges. I mean, obviously with an epic rollout like this, we could go on for hours about all the issues. But I think some of the bigger things, bigger challenges were getting all the training done. Right. That was definitely a a challenge. It's also an opportunity for your project to come off the tracks, too. Um, Same for Go Live. Having the proper structure for Go Live support took a lot of creativity to figure out how to do that, have all the support that we need. But also, again, one thing you often see is it's during that Go Live period where you could experience some, if you will, runaway costs. Right. If you don't manage the level of support and how much that support is costing you during that go-live period, you could um, blow out your budget. Right, right. And with the training, what was the strategy there? You're talking about, obviously, quite a lot of training that needs to happen and at different locations. So, 
was the what was the strategy for approaching that? We ended up bringing in an outside firm to help us manage the training. It was a mix of some online learning and real-time FaceTime training, testing. You have to test the trainees to make sure that they learn the material they were supposed to. And then on top of that, um, for physicians, you would conduct personalization labs. So that was, it was really something to try and schedule all that. And more importantly, since we went into this adhering to EPIC's best practice that you don't get your production sign-on until you've completed training, no exceptions. So we needed to be able to track the progress. And so we actually hired an outside firm who was expertise in training to help us manage the process. They didn't really conduct the training, but they managed the process. Okay. When you are dealing with someone like Epic and um, as everybody knows there's there's a very specific way that they like to have things done. Is that something where it can be both a hindrance but then also maybe beneficial in some ways? Uh, It's probably more beneficial than a hindrance. I think it's wise to have us you know adhere to concept that everyone must pass Epic training before they can get onto the system. Yeah. I mean you could choose not to do that but you would um, not be following EPIC's best practices then. Yes. And obviously they're, they're, uh, they're in place for a reason. Yes. Okay. And then as far as having the, the proper structure for go-live support, I'm sure that's a difficult thing to try to anticipate, but how did you go about trying to have that in place? Well, we used the same outside firm that we hired to help mm-hmm. with training. They went and surveyed all the different areas that we were going to have to have at elbow go live support on site. Mm-hmm. Plus, we also had super users. So you have a mix of, right. of at elbow support and super users to support each area that was going live. So they surveyed every area to figure out 24 by 7, how many people were on each shift, and we had developed a ratio for different users of what kind of support they were going to need, then all that went into a formula that would tell us how much at elbow support we were going right. to need during each shift during the go-live. And then, obviously, during the go-live, you're going to have, as one might call it, hot spots where perhaps this particular area is struggling a bit more and you may need to shift and give them more support or extend their support. But then you have to have your finger on the pulse of which areas are doing very well so you could maybe shift support from that area to another area. And this was very interesting because the hot spots would be different at different facilities. So in one facility, there may have been more issues in the OR or in the emergency Mm -hmm. department, yet using the same software configured the same way in a different hospital, that wasn't the hot spot. So that's why you have to have your finger on the pulse and be ready to react and shift as you go rather than, you know, knee-jerk reaction would just be add more, add more, add more. Right, right. But instead, it's just being able to really read those situations and allocate the resources in the best way possible. Yes, we would have daily reports on on how things went in the various units and then decide every day how we might shift resources for the following day. Okay. So all things considered, would you have done it the same way as far as going Big Bang? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 
I'm sure that it's hard to imagine having done it a different way, especially since it was able to be done on time and, and within the budget. It would just be too difficult. In our opinion, it would have been too difficult to maintain multiple interfaces from an old system to a new system. It just would have been too difficult, yeah. especially when you have a central business office model for your back office. Okay. It just would have been chaotic. And what you see some people do sometimes, and we had this opportunity, we were on two different platforms, one for ambulatory, one for hospitals. It would have been tempting to say, well, we'll do one first, do, do hospitals first or clinics first, and then do the other second. But we yeah. have so many specialists in our employed group that they would be learning EPIC, let's say, on the inpatient or clinic side, but then not experience on the other side. And we thought that would be a dissatisfier. And it really was better to train those specialists all at once on how to use the system inpatient and clinic rather than having to loop back six months or a year later. Yeah, sure. So I would not change that strategy. And with Epic being extremely integrated between the inpatient and outpatient setting, you're really using the same patient access system. So that was another reason to, um, to keep the go-lives together. I think the other challenge that we had, well, I think everybody has this quite candidly. Everybody would like to go to, you know, whether it's Epic or CERN or to their foundation system or to their base system, that they have compiled based on the experiences of all their users. So we all start out with that goal, and we certainly had that goal, and we stuck very closely to that goal of staying as close to foundation system on Epic as we could. But to do that, it, it really forces you, if you have multiple locations, to really standardize your processes, your data capture, And to do that, you have to have some very strong leadership. And we were very fortunate to have a CMIO and then a nursing executive who pushed that agenda strongly and and made it happen for us. I don't know what we would have done without the two of them. Yeah, sure. I I can imagine because that could be a a slippery slope once uh, you start moving away from, from the foundation. Exactly. Okay. Once the go-live had happened, from that point, I imagine that the focus shifted to optimization, but really first probably stabilization and making sure that things were, were working as they should be. Yes, that's exactly it. Stabilization first. Epic is a very complex system, and when you go into integration across all the care sites as we did, there's just all kinds of opportunities for gaps, especially in access. You've probably heard this from other people, and from the outside it probably sounds a little silly, like, well, why can't you figure out what everybody needs to access? But you think about people that overlap different areas, and like I said, Epic is very complex, even within what you might give people access to inside modules, reporting, you know, all those things. That's what you have to do during those first 90 days after go live, is really get all that strained out. Make sure the people actually have the tools and have the access Mm -hmm. and have the reports that they need to do their jobs. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.